Welcome to the Village ZM. We are a youth-led podcast that focuses on the people of Zambia and how to navigate the problems we face as a country in order to create development. Follow us on the Village ZM on Facebook and at the Village ZM on Twitter and Instagram. Our podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms where podcasts are listened to. Now listen, there is nothing strong for We are here to participate to win it, eh? <laughs> no, no, no. Man is actually uh, You know he defected uh, to UPND. <laughs> when? Uh, recently, like maybe two, three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> Where he's here to participate to win, like say. Ah, man, people are, people are too much. <laughs> too much, too much. Well, yeah, maybe with the, with the time that we have left, maybe we can have an off-the-cuff chat. Um, <laughs> just between you and that. I'm channeling my inner Malcolm X. <laughs> I think I think the copyright on, on on any of that would have expired by now, so you can freely plagiarize. Alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I didn't know that was the plan, though. Okay, now nah, I'm just struggling. But mm, civil rights movement era speeches, man, you guys were inspired. Guys I know what you mean, man. They were different, bro. They were different. You know that's um. That's the level I want to get at, you know. That, that's the level I want to be at. Oratory, you know. Yeah. You say something like that. That's gonna just imagine. Imagine what was going through. What was going through Martin Luther King's mind when he was writing the "I Have a Dream" speech. I've heard, man. I've heard those items before, man. And honestly, I can't even fathom the idea, man, of what. Hey, no, I'm also wondering, like, the drafts, man. Like, how many times he rewrote, how many times he changed, you know, the words here and there. And, like, just say he changed it just slightly, a little bit. Like, would it still have, like, the same impact that it did? Imagine if he said, I'm dreaming instead of I have a dream. Because he would just say, I have a dream. <laughs> But again, like, I don't know, man. People are just gifted at speaking because, like, he was a, a reverend, right? He was a preacher. Yeah. So, like, he had that, like, speaking gift. Like, even, like, Malcolm X was a minister. So, like, there's just that, like, I don't know what it is, man. Just that gift that people have for speaking. I get what you mean. I just don't <laughs> believe I do get what you mean. He knew how to, like, get that connection or he knew the right words to use that would catch people's attention. Yeah, that's better. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like even people like Muhammad Ali, man, like he just knew how to like rhyme words. There's like there's like artistry to it. There's artistry, there's finesse, the cadence. It's just amazing. That's that's the level that, you know, you wanna tap into when you get on this podcast trying to record. That is definitely true, man, because we really we really wanna catch people's attention. <laughs> Not just for the sake of catching their attention, but because we always try to talk about stuff that's like super important. And we're really hoping that we can, you know, push the ideas, you know, that way at least, we know, we get to build our community. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And I feel like one of the, one of the things that really deserves attention, which is, I guess what, what we want to talk about right now is 
you know, the startup business environment, like I'm not talking really like, okay, we, we do categorize things as like SMEs, small and medium enterprises, but there's like a level below that. There's like the sole yeah. proprietors, the micro business, which is like three, four, five people, people who are just like starting something from scratch with practically nothing, right? Like not, yeah. no, not really like access to finance. You know, you go to the bank and they tell you, oh, business account, this is the banking fee. And you're thinking, how are we going to be raising these funds every month to keep our account active? It's, um, those are, those are the people who we kind of want to, want to talk about and some of the, some of the challenges that they face and, and also go into, you know, some of the opportunities to mitigate these challenges. And, and so it's not going to be like a super heavy structured conversation. We just want to, yeah, we just want to vibe a bit on, on this and, and just, yeah, get to talking. Yeah. I feel like we've kind of set the context on this. And so maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe let's move into discussing, you know, some of the challenges that these like micro businesses, these startup businesses face. I think, you know, when you look at challenges, just pulling up or like off the top of my head, I think one of the first things that we will talk about is financing. Like you just said, you know, why you go to the bank and then you're starting to wonder, like, how am I going to keep everything afloat? So financing, what are your thoughts on it? Ah, man, it's, 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 it's tough. It's really tough because a lot of times like you can have a great idea, but like, you know, if it takes a certain amount of money to get to that point, which you don't have, you have to then find someone who's willing to, to invest in you, someone who has the money. And typically, you know, that would involve you giving up some form of control. And so it's, it's, it's a very, like, it's a very difficult one, um, to be in, especially in like our context, right? A lot of like soft loans or whatever have really high interest rates and like interest rates can literally kill you. So each, yeah. uh, financing access to it is, is very, it's very complex. It's very difficult. Sometimes the best way to do it is like through family. Maybe you have, you know, you have a wealthy uncle. You're like, ah, uncle, we have this yeah. idea. We just need this amount to, to start, you know, Relationships can be complicated sometimes. So if something doesn't quite go as planned, that could also be a bit difficult. Or maybe only one person in like the founders group is able to access finance. But like we're all equal yeah. partners, but like are we equal partners if, you know, if, if, if only <laughs> like one person has access to, to bring in to the network of financing? So it, it, yeah. it's, it's very complicated. That's, that's all I'll say on, on, on that. I don't want to, I don't want to spend the whole episode talking about money, but yeah, uh, yeah no, that one, mm, I don't even know what I can say, man. That one is just, <laughs> just hopeful the best. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, pray that someone believes in you as much as you believe in yourself and is willing to take a chance on you and that, you capitalize on it yeah i get you there you know that can honestly really be a scary thing you know trying to start up something really hoping that somebody sees the value in something that you have or that you see in it and yeah. i guess you know if we're to push on from financing the next thing that we might have to look at is market information because setting up a business like you need to know more about your market you know you need to know 
What is it that people want? What is it that people need? What is available on the market? How does it compare in terms of quality and stuff like that? So how easy is that information to get, you know? Well, it is tricky. I mean, it's precarious because it's kind of linked to financing. You have to make someone believe in you enough to like put money in you to help you start. And then now you have to find people who believe in your product enough to buy it and keep buying it to keep you afloat. Or if it's a service that you're providing, same thing. So it's a bit difficult to know for sure, because again, sometimes people don't always know what they want. You know, like I was at the show this past weekend and I was at the Ministry of commerce, trade and industry stand right outside the stand. They have like a bunch of like different, they call them SMEs. Most of them are like really small businesses. I classify them as part of like the micro businesses and they have like all these different products. Like there's one that makes, okay. Some of them are probably bigger. There's one that was making like sauces. There's one that even had uh, yam munkoyo. And I didn't know. know, Yeah. Munkoyo made, made with yam. And I didn't know that I wanted yam monkoyo until I saw it, you know? So it's like, <laughs> it's like, you can't know for sure. Sometimes you, as a consumer, you don't know what you want until it's there. Yeah. So it's difficult for you to know, like, okay, mm, if we start making this, this product, people are going to like it. Cause like another person who I got to talk to, uh, it's like a family business and they make snacks. They make crisps from cassava, sweet potato, and they also make like plantain uh, chips as well. Wait, so it was like, yeah, and it's really cool because like, like those are like really tasty and I don't think I'll ever eat uh, like potato crisps again after having like cassava crisps and sweet potato crisps because they're just so good. But it's like, that's something that like you don't know that you want until you have it. I know what you mean. So market, market information is a difficult one. It's, it's really, it's really, it's really 50-50. Like it's, it's, it's just about, you know, you creating something and being lucky blessed enough that people actually like vibe with you and they they want to try your product and they want to keep trying it and keep coming back so that's that's a difficult one to to sort of gauge and that's why i think it's probably among the, the top challenges that startup businesses face like understanding how to interact with your market especially given the uncertainty involved yeah yeah, that uncertainty can really, well, I'd like I wanted to say uncertain, but that doesn't make sense. That uncertainty can really be like a big hindrance on you. But then, you know, when you look at like another hindrance in terms of uncertainty, you also think of advice, you know, because like you're getting into a business, you know, you need advice. You know, you don't just jump into something like without knowing everything about it. So question is, one thing I'm thinking of is, who do you seek, you know, for advice on such stuff? Like, is there like a go-to person or like, you know, a startup guru, you know, that kind of thing? Yeah, well, it's a bit of a tricky one. I feel like, yeah, sometimes like when you're going into your business, you kind of have a vision for what you want to do. But, Mm -hmm. you know, generally, like, I don't know, it's a digital world, right? So one thing that I'd say, like, if I was to like offer advice, Google is your friend, like learn as much as possible about like all the pillars of business learn about your sales, learn about your operations, learn about your finance and all that. But again, like it's easier said than done because like you're also trying to like work on creating a product at the same time, managing it at the same time, you know, trying to figure out 
you know, what the best direction is. It's like, it's like a blank canvas. So you have to figure out like, okay, what am I, what am I going to paint? There's, there's so many things that you can do, but the margin of error is very slim, especially when you're just mm-hmm. starting up because you starting a business is you taking a risk. And so it is tricky, but I feel like, I feel like this is just one of the other challenges that businesses face. It's like, if you're just starting up, you can't go to like a Deloitte or a KPMG and be like, we're about to start this business, but we need some, we need some advice. (laughs) (laughs) Not really. (laughs) You know, so it's tricky. It's tricky. And I feel like maybe the best thing to do in this case is probably just as much as possible to have like a network of advisors, go to your relatives, your friends, talk to them about your ideas and just see what they think. Because someone who's looking at things from a different perspective might give you some insight and that would be extremely valuable to, to a business. So it just kind of depends on what your industry is. Like, for example, you know, if you're running, you're, you're trying to like start a restaurant or something, go talk to someone who's been successful at it or who started Look at, look at what they've done. Look at what they move, the moves they've made. And, and just try to like talk to them and learn as much as possible from them. Because a lot of these things, man, like even if someone's advising you, experience is actually more valuable. So yeah, yeah it's a bit, of a bit of a tricky one to unpack, but I feel like that's all I can. Yeah, I get you there. It definitely is a bit of a tricky one to unpack. But I'm trying to piggyback off it. I'm thinking of productive spaces, you know, do you have such facilities and infrastructure in Zambia to support small businesses or even like people can sort of cooperate and work from while they're starting up their businesses? Uh, well, one of the places that comes to mind is Bongo Hive. I'm sure a few people have heard of Bongo Hive when you think of like, you know, the shared workspace. Well, Bongo Hive, they consider it an innovation and technology hub. And so it's, it's very like fixed on entrepreneurship but i think to me it seems very like very tied to like something related to tech so that covers one particular industry but there's a lot of like you know people operating business that's outside tech who don't really have you know these sort of facilities like if you're just starting maybe let's say like a consulting firm in whatever industry of your expertise you end up like working out of your house and using internet from companies that you know that don't provide the most consistent network i, I won't mention yeah. names but but know them. Know <laughs> we them. know them we know them yeah, yeah. um actually shame, shameless plug to to liquid man shout out to liquid for providing this good <laughs> you know i've been we, we were trying to get that hungry lion sponsorship but now, now I think we should be looking at liquid. A liquid, you know, I, I get what you mean because we do it virtually, eh? so we need that, um, you know, some package <laughs> to, to help us out. We need that for fast internet. So shout out liquid, man! Shout out liquid. But yeah, anyway, just going back, there's not like a lot of space. It would be really amazing to have like a space that people could go to that's a shared workspace, and you just have like yeah. access to good internet. Maybe you can print stuff there easily, printing documents, being able to like do all that in like one, one place at like a uh-huh. decent cost. 
even like close proximity to universities, because a lot of university students are coming up with so many innovative ideas in, in different sectors, but like they have to go really far to access some of these facilities. So it, it would be really nice to have like a centralized space for people to work like that. And, and that's something okay. that I feel like, you know, is, is an opportunity for support yeah. in the startup sector. I get it there. Honestly, it is something that comes together. If you've got a good space where, as you mentioned, like people can have all these facilities because there are things that you don't even think about that you've got a startup, you need to print stuff, you need to scan documents, you need to do all these stuff, you know. It's not the most convenient to go like to, what am I thinking of? Like one of these, what do we call them in Zambia anyway? Oh, like, yeah, what? There was like internet cafes. Internet cafes, yeah, internet cafes and stuff like that. I'll have pivoted into like printing and and, and all, all sorts of things. I guess, you know, one other thing that we need to look at is sort of the margin that we tend to have in Zambia between investment by indigenous Zambians and then investment by foreign nationals. Because it should be at least about 90% of all investment in Zambia usually comes from like foreign nationals, maybe individuals, companies, or anyway, technically, yeah, it does come in from outside the country, whereas 10% is from indigenous Zambians. What can yeah, we do to sort of, you know, bridge, bridge that gap and, you know, support each other more as, as Zambians? Or what can startups do to sort of get more of that local support, you know, keep the money in-house? That's a difficult one. It's a loaded, it's a loaded one. I mean, that's really the Zambian existential challenge right now. Yeah. Because like in the past, we've had like programs targeted at citizenship empowerment and that kind of thing. We're trying to be proudly Zambian and buy, buy local. There's local, there's Laka. So many different like campaigns and programs that are, you know, yeah. trying to like mitigate them. It's, it's tricky. And, but I guess... In terms of just looking at some of the opportunities to mitigate some of these challenges, specifically on on foreign investment bias, I, I would say government needs to put in good incentives for local businesses. You know, just like the same way that we're able to give companies tax holidays for five, ten years, right? Offer yeah. offer a good like a good tax incentive for local businesses. Don't make it extremely hard for a local business to grow. And, you know, you, you've seen some strides with this. Like, for example, we now have what they call the one-stop shop. You can do all your business registration in one place, but there's still no, more. Actually, actually, I didn't know about it. Sorry to cut you off there. Yeah, no, no worries. There is, yeah, there is a one-stop shop where you can do all your business registration because there's different sectors that require registration. And that's a, a great stride, but you know, there's more that we can do going beyond that in terms of, you know, providing support. You know, we mentioned financing, right? Yeah. If we get to a point where we can say, okay, look, this is a local business. As a government, we're going to help them have access to finance. Look, no one going into business is looking for a handout. They want to create value. They want yeah. to create wealth. Offer them terms that are good. You know, you don't have to do it like out of the government's pocket, but like if the government could say, okay, you go to an Indo-Zambia, you go to a Zanaco and get, you know, the 10,000 quarter that you need to start. But yeah. 
we are going to guarantee that no matter what, we can cover it for you if you need, if you need our help. But, you know, yeah. chances are that more people will, will succeed with better access to finance on good terms. Right? Because like yeah. interest rates are, are exorbitant a lot. And we already mentioned this when we're talking about financing. Uh, yeah. Financing. Interest rates are, a lot of the times, interest rates are exorbitant. It just makes it impossible for you to actually do, do what you need to do. I get you. Or to even do it with like less worries on your mind, isn't it? Yeah. Because now yeah. you've got more of a baggage like to think about like, oh, should I fail? Then now I have to pay back this money that I owe plus so much so on top. Yeah. And a lot of times, I mean, there's just a lot of pressure, especially when you're taking a risk. Like imagine you put your family house as collateral for a business loan, right? What yeah. happens if unforeseen circumstances lead your business to, to collapse? Yeah, you're kind of just like in a, in a tough spot. But I guess there's like two two pieces of advice that I'd, I'd say, or not really advice, like opportunities rather to like to mitigate some of the challenges faced uh, in, in, in the startup space. And one of them, I think, is just like cooperative growth, right? Like there's a lot of people who are doing similar things. And if they like pooled their resources, they don't have to like all come under one organization. But like being able to work together, man, like there's a lot of benefit in that. Even if, even if we're not like operating under the same license or whatever, but like, like sharing certain resources. Makes it easier. I get what you mean. There's definitely a lot of room for like cooperative uh, growth in in that sense. Let's say we're trying to put together a retail, we're, we're retailing like clothing or whatever. Right. Yeah. When we place our orders, if we ship them all together, I feel like I feel like that's cheaper than each individual shipping by themselves. Like we don't all have to go sell to the same market. But yeah, but we can order them in together, have them all shipped in together, and then once yeah. they come into Lusaka or Zambia, we just say, okay, this is mine, this is yours. Yeah, and that way. But that's just like a, that's like a, an example that I just plucked out of the air. There's so much uh, opportunity for doing stuff like that, especially in like agriculture, right? Like, you know, yeah. one person grows tomatoes, one person grows, you know, green pepper or red pepper or whatever. And like, when you go to market, you can yeah. cut your transport costs by going there together. That's just like another, another example of, you know, the opportunity for, for cooperative growth. Like, you, you don't all have to have like individual farms, but... Yeah, it's just you, you save on some fuel, you move stuff together. There's there's some benefit there. And well, I guess the second part of that is just there's this thing called bootstrapping, where basically you start your business with just what you have. So it's like I don't have an office, but I have a house. Okay. During working hours from eight up to seventeen, the dining room is gonna be the office. No? You just have like a, you know, you have your laptop, you say same old laptop from before, no need for, for anything new. You use your, you use your phone, you know, just doing the best that you can with what you have to like put together something that can help you start running. And, and that sort of leads me to the next bit. It's, it's all connected to this and I'm just trying to get my thoughts out. They're a bit jumbled up. So please bear with me. No, no, no. It's making sense. I appreciate you. Uh, in terms of just like building like a solid plan for your business so that when someone 
who's interested in financing UCs, they're like, ah, this person knows, this person has, this person has the vision. And just outlining like, okay, this is where we are. This is what we intend to do. And just, you know, making sure that you have everything well-documented. That's a huge opportunity. Cause like a lot of times people might be interested in investing in you, but because you haven't articulated your vision well enough, they're kind of, they kind of can't see the, they can't see what they're supposed to be believing in, you know, what they're supposed to be buying. So like is the business plan and, and business plans need to like be, they need to be agile. Like you need to be updating your business plan as often as possible yeah. with new ideas. And it doesn't have to be like what you show everyone, but just like internally, you need to kind of have a clear path, a clear vision. And I feel like that's something that helps. No, it does. It does. It, 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 I, I guess it does help. And it's something that does make a lot of sense, you know, when you come and think about it. And I guess, you know, it kind of leads us to something that I've been thinking about, about getting, you know, stuff out there. You know, we are living in a more connected world, you know. Well, it has been very connected for a long time. But for us in Zambia, a developing nation, we are sort of like getting into that. We're sort of getting into that, you know, getting to see how connected the world is. So Mm -hmm. is there anything that you feel like this new connection or this connection that we do have can can do to help us get our ideas across, our plans across and all that? Well, I mean, like, you know, since, since the pandemic, since COVID, a lot of things have kind of been extremely digitized. Like, you know, we have like mobile money becoming like huge. And so like there's an opportunity to like leverage all these online platforms and, and especially social media because like everyone everyone yeah. has like a market on, on, on these platforms you know everyone every single business will have people who they can find on these platforms so yeah like especially in in you know especially as you're getting started and, and like there's a lot of businesses that i've discovered just through social media you know and okay just like you know you're just on twitter someone is like oh I got this from this uh, store and they at them and I'm like, yo, you guys make like really nice furniture out there or like, you know, <laughs> it's like this really nice, like food place in, in Kamwala or, you know, uh-huh. just like different things like that. Like there's just so many like different businesses that, that I've come across just purely through like social networks. And I feel like that's something that people can definitely leverage. It's just like, expanding your network by using your existing network to build a bigger base. Obviously it's, it's easier said than done, but it's something that's definitely, you know, worth trying. Like you don't need to have like a storefront brick and mortar to do stuff. Like if you're, if you're doing retail, right, you can have an online store, you know, you keep the stuff in storage, even at your home, if you have the space and then as and when people order, you can, you know, deliver to them or have them pick up. But then that kind of saves, saves you a cost. Yeah. The overhead of a store. Yeah. Trying to open like a, a store and stuff. So it's just one of the things like even for cooking, man, people who make food, a lot of people make food just out of their own kitchens and like, they're making like some really great food. And so like, you know, leverage these online platforms, hit up Olendo Eats, be like, yo, like I can be delivering like meals. I, I make meals over here. Like, Let's let's partner up. Put me on your platform, and and yeah. so you, because you have that network of delivery. 
And that's that's another part of it, just leveraging these these online pr- platforms and uh, getting that infrastructure uh, utilized. I see how you connected that point that you mentioned earlier with the online platforms. I see that. Yeah. You talked about like how we can take advantage of, you know, each other and stuff like that. And what you just thought with Ulendo, like that just ties up the two points perfectly. Yeah. And it's not just Ulendo, right? There's so many, like there's so many delivery courier services who are doing, who are doing these things. So there's definitely room for growth in this space. Sure. Like you don't have to be the one who owns the motorbikes and stuff, but like, yeah. You know, if there's someone who who has it and who's perfected it, there's there's synergy to be had there, I feel like. Yeah, I get you. Honestly get you there. And I guess something that we've been hinting on, or something that you've been hinting on just a little bit here and there, is to do with the government. So I guess the question is, what about the government? What role do they play in sort of helping and promoting small businesses, in empowering small businesses, you know, sort of mitigate the challenges that more businesses have well yeah i mentioned a little bit earlier tax incentives is a big one just create a sustainable business environment that's that's all we ask like if, if someone has like a government contract just pay yeah. them on time and yeah that like i don't even know what else to say outside from that man <laughs> just <laughs> like give them their money if people are doing work, just pay them so they can do more work. <laughs> yeah. I get you. That, that, yeah. That's I don't know. It's, it's a bit personal for me, so I don't really want to get into, in, in, into that too much. I, I just want to look at it from like a structural level, <laughs> but yeah, just, just pay, pay people for I get their you work. There, man. But you know, we, we have to realize again that it's the personal stuff that is important to us. You know, it's the stuff that keeps us going. Yeah, true, 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 true. I guess just, yeah, just to kind of like wrap up um, in terms of, in terms of like the opportunities, uh, what do you think? I feel like I've been talking a lot, but, but what do you think is like something, something that that's like important in terms of trying to mitigate the challenges that uh, businesses face in the startup uh, space? I guess, you know, one thing that, we can talk about is community, you know, I guess as Zambians, you know, we're big believers and speakers of community. And I guess we don't really preach it as much as we should, but I guess when it comes to businesses, this is one place where we should really be more of, you know, community, you know, let's look at what people in our community are doing and let's see how we can support them. You know, as you said, there are not people who are doing like so much stuff, as you said, producing cooked food and also like producing, you know, foods like tomatoes, onions and whatnot. And I guess first thing that we can always try to do is, you know, support the community buy locally. If we can look for the people around you in your area who are doing something and see how we can support them, you know. And one thing that I feel is also important is also to offer criticism, not just criticizing, you know, for criticism's sake, but over constructive criticism, you know, be like, okay, I want to buy from you, but I can't really because of this. I can't really because of that. I can't really because of this. Is there a way that, you know, we can improve or any way you can improve and work on this so I can, you know, get from you and support you. I feel like taking steps like that is something that would really help. And as much as I say giving criticism, I think it also flips back to hearing and listening to criticism, actually not hearing listening to criticism you know knowing that not everybody's trying to hurt you some people are just trying to build you you know 
criticism is truly important because there are some things that you can never truly see from the inside. It takes somebody, you know, on the outside saying that, okay, that is not right or that could be done better by this and this. So I guess always listening to criticism is something that is super important and that I feel like can help grow, you know, small, more businesses or startup businesses. I don't know if that, um, nah, no, 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 I don't know. I'm sure that makes sense. I'm very sure that makes sense. No, that, that definitely makes sense. I mean, obviously it's, uh, it's difficult for us to like within the space that we have to, to talk about this, to like cover every single possibility, especially cause like we're just two people. Um, yeah. So by no means is this like, this is not an exhaustive list that we just made of all the possibilities, all the challenges and opportunities. There's, you know, there's so many variations and so many different challenges that different businesses face. So yeah, we yeah. just, yeah, we just wanted to, we just wanted to get a conversation started here. That's, that's, that's really what our objective is um, for, for this uh, segment. I get you, Sui. And yeah, you are right. You know, starting the conversation is something extremely important, something that we really have to do. And we're hoping that, you know, taking advantage of these online platforms, having it like on the podcast and most likely, you know, retweeting it on social media and whatnot, you know, would definitely help, you know, to get this message across. And also, I believe would allow for bigger people or people out there, you know, who've been through these challenges, people who've gone through like all these things can like easily connect with each other. So yeah, if you do honestly have um, more to add to this conversation, we at The Village are always interested in listening to everybody's opinions, views, and suggestions. So please feel free to reach out to us at The Village ZM on Twitter and Instagram. And we are, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are at The Village ZM on Twitter and Instagram. You could also use the hashtag The Village ZM on Twitter or Instagram actually. And we'll be able to, you know, see your posts, see what's going on, interact with you. And who knows, maybe even get you up on a show, on a Twitter space, on an Instagram live, just so you can share more about, you know, your story, your challenges, as well as, I guess, your development. Yeah. All right, that was good. Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm sure. No, the conversation is there, man. The conversation is there. We just need to like cut a few edits, but I feel like we made sure that we were running smoothly on on, on the breaks. Yeah, no, we no, we, we we were good. I just feel super rusty, man. I have not. I've been avoiding <laughs> like the front end of this for a very long time. Thanks for listening to us. We are the Village Zidane Podcast, and we hope to see you soon. Please keep up to date with our latest content by following us on The Village ZM on Facebook and at The Village ZM on Twitter and Instagram.